Thank you, Leslie and choir, orchestra. Take your Bible and go to Romans chapter 11. We'll begin reading in verse 33 and read down through verse 36. We're preaching these days through the book of Romans, and we come to this passage on glory today. And we are in Romans chapter 11, beginning in verse 33. And I'm going to ask you if you would please stand. And as you stand, I'm going to ask you to read the Word of God out loud with me. If you do not have a New American Standard translation, you will find it up on the screen, and uh, the words will be there for you. And I'd like you to read out loud with me the Word of our great God in Romans 11, beginning in verse 33, and let's all read together out loud in unison just now. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who can become his counselor? Or who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him again? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Read that last sentence with me one more time. To him be the glory forever. Amen. To him be the glory forever. Amen. That word glory is our thought this day. It is the word doxology. Doxa is the word. Doxology comes right out of it. Next Sunday morning, we will all gather here again at 10 o'clock for one service. And we will begin with the Lord's Supper right here on the last day of the year. We'll gather and take the elements of the Lord's Supper, both here and on our wonderful Warrington campus. And I'll uh, be sharing and they'll be feasting with us. And we will then preach and look back and give thanks for a great year. We will then look forward and say, Lord, give us vision. And then we will end the morning singing the doxology. We will sing doxa next Sunday. Glory, glory, glory. Don't you miss it. Next Sunday morning at 10 o'clock here or at Warrington around the Lord's Supper table. And then we will a mighty chorus. I hope we don't even have enough seats to put everybody in here. We'll have overflow over in 6, 7, and 8. And that we will sing doxa. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. Father, help us today to think on your glory. And I pray that you would manifest your glory in this very room and draw men to yourself, women, boys, girls, families to the church, and have your way, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, and be seated, please. This word glory that Paul uses to end this 11th chapter, he looks back at the depth of the riches in verse 33 of God's wisdom and God's knowledge. And then he asks some questions. <laughs> Who knows the Lord's mind? My wife knows my mind sometimes. 
Sometimes I know your mind. But nobody can say, I know what God knows. Or who's the counselor of the Lord? I've had a time or two in my life where my wife said, you need to go back and have a session with that person and let them talk to you, counsel you, and help you. But who's going to counsel the Lord? Some people are so arrogant, they think they know the mind of God, they think they could tell God what he ought to do. But verse 36 says, no way. It is from him and through him and to him everything. God knows all. He's in charge of all. And anything that comes, comes from him, through him, and to him. Well, then he just says, to God be the glory forever. Amen. That word glory, doxa, means honor. It means praise. It, it means worship. It, it, sometimes it means brightness. You remember when Moses was on the mountain receiving the commandments? He prayed in Exodus 33, 18, Lord, you've shown me your ways. I ask you now, please, show me your glory. Hmm. Show me your glory. And God said, I'll let you see my back, but you can't see my face. Any man see my back, they'll die. And he hit him in the cleft of the rock, and his glory passed by. Let me tell you, church, what, what the church needs today is the glory of God. What your life needs is a touch of the glory of God upon it the brightness, the honor, the praise, and the touch. David in Psalm 24, again and again, he kept asking, who is the king? Who is the king? Who is the king? As he said in verse number 8, who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. He is the king of glory. So this morning, church, I want you to give him glory. So if I, if I hit a button, instead of saying amen, you just shout glory this morning, all right? That's it, right? So let's practice one time. You just did. You just say glory. glory. Yes. We're talking about the glory of Almighty God, the doxa of God, the praise, the brightness given unto him. Everything belongs to him. It's through him and it's for him, and we are to give him glory. I want us to look at three thoughts and facets about this glory, then I want to give a gospel invitation, ask you to come out of that balcony and give your life to Christ. Some of you here need to come take me by the hand, join this church on this Christmas Eve morning. What a great day it'd be to do it. And you come right here and we will receive you and pray with you and love on you. You pray this afternoon as we open up that next steps room at 4, at 6, and 11 that we'll see people come to faith in Christ all day long. The glory, the glory, the glory. Three things. I want you to see number one I want you to see the glory of God in Christ in Christ in 2 Corinthians 4 6 uh, Paul said to the church at Corinth that we see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ you don't see God's glory look at the face of Jesus he came in glory John was quoting it long long ago in John 1 and verse number 14 the Word of God says the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we saw his what glory the glory as of the only begotten from the Father and it's full of grace and it's full of 
truth. When you get to Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, where I'll be preaching from uh, this afternoon and tonight, in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2 and verse 9, an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the what? The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. Then in verse number 14 of that Gospel, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is well pleased. When Jesus came, glory came. Christmas is when glory touched down. Now, I have some friends that ask me, they say, now, why doesn't your hair turn white like the rest of us? <laughs> and they ask me, they say, does red-headed people not turn white? Well, yeah, I said, I'm getting some. I said, it usually just kind of fades away. But I said, oftentimes the hair disappears before the color changes. <laughs> and I'll see little children born and, and they're red-haired. And this is always my word to them. I usually put my hand on their head and I say, oh, that child has the glory touch. Just 4% of the people have it. And I'll put my and say, oh, it got the, the glory touch because there's a brightness. And that kid's going to need the glory touch because he's going to be called every name in the world. <laughs> Carrot top, I've heard it all. But I'm telling you, there's something about the brightness of God that doesn't make you laugh. It makes you bend and bow. All Christmas is God's glory to be remembered. The angels, the shepherds, they came. Glory, glory to his name. He came the first time with glory. Listen to me. The second time he comes, he's coming back in glory as well. Listen to the gospel. In gospel of Matthew, he says it three different times. Matthew 16, verse 27, for the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with the angels, and then he will repay every man according to his deeds. Dear friend, there's payment coming, and he's coming how? In the glory of his Father. In chapter 24 and verse number 30, and then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. Then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of the sky with power and great what? Great glory. He came the first time with, I'm telling you, he's coming the second time with great glory. Chapter 25 and verse 31 of Matthew, but when the Son of Man comes in his what? Glory. And all the angels will be with him. Then he will sit on his what kind of throne? Glorious throne. He came the first time in glory. I'm telling you, he's coming the second time in glory because there's no one equal to Jesus. Nobody like him. You, you can say to me about your music, you say, I'll give you Mozart. Well, I'll give you Beethoven. In science, you say, I'll give you Einstein. I say, I'll give you Edison. In art, you'd say, well, I'd give you Phaedus. I say, I'll give you Michelangelo. In empire building, I'd say, you'd say, I'll give you Alexander the Great. I said, that's nothing. I'll give you Julius Caesar. In U.S. history, you'd say, I'll give you Washington. I say, I'll give you Lincoln. But when it comes to the Son of God, you say, I give you Jesus. You say, there ain't nobody like him. There ain't no equal. 
Nobody's got the glory touch like Jesus has got the glory touch upon him. The glory of God came in the Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And we celebrate it all day today and tomorrow on this incarnation time. The glory of God in Christ. But secondly, the glory of God in the church. Look at Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 21. The Bible says, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> now, church folk, listen to this preacher. The number one thing needs to go on in the church is the glorification of Jesus. It's not about you. It's not about me. If we start trying to steal God's glory, we're in trouble. You teach a class and you begin to swell up and say, boy, you know, I'm, I am pretty good. The hardest place for that, you can ask John, the hardest place for that's on the platform. Because when people sing, you applaud. You shout. People preach, you say glory and amen. If you're not careful, you begin to think you are something when you really are nothing. It's supposed to be the glory of God in the church, not the glory of the preacher, not the glory of the music, not the glory of the people. It's supposed to be the glory of, of, of God. You see, we, we make up the church and whatever we do, he said in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31, what, whatever we do, we, whatever we eat or drink, do all things unto his glory. In Ephesians 3.13, he says that even in tribulation, listen to me, even when you're walking through tribulation, God gets glory. Why does the church walk in tribulation? Because we learn we can't trust ourselves. We get messes we can't handle. Therefore, we got to trust him, and he gets glory. Now, I want to show you something that I've learned this week. I've, I've read this verse all my life, and I just figured it out. I, I did. I just got it. How do we grow as Christians? I figured it out this week. It's happened in my life. I just never knew the Bible way that it happened. And I want you to look in 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18. The Bible says, but we all with an unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of God are being transformed. There it is. There's the transfer, the change. We're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. And that Greek construct could just say from glory to 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 glory, glory, glory. It's just every time you, you, you touch glory, you touch glory, you touch glory, glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. How are we being transformed? Let me tell you, when you touch glory, God changes something in your life. You, you have another experience. You touch glory and God changes you. You touch glory and, and God grows you up. Now, the glory of God, sometimes it, it'll convict you and you confess. Sometimes he'll stretch you and you live by faith. But it, it's the touch of God's presence. It's his hand. It's, it, it's his glory. Mm -hmm. See, if you've got eyes for his glory and quit looking at yourself, God will transform your life. Hmm. 
I've had two or three letters this week that have been so encouraging to me. People that have moved away from here and have sent back word just thinking about Christmas said, you know, when I was at Olive, this happened and God changed my life. We didn't change. I can't change a life. The church can't. We don't change anybody, but the glory of God does. And, and when the glory of God touches, it all begins with salvation. We're going to see that in just a moment. But then after you're saved, you, you have other glory touches in your life. And he changes you. I'm saved at 10 years old. That's when I knew salvation. Then at 15, God dealt with me and said, I want all of you. And I, I, I had a glory touch. It was surrender. I got to 17, he wanted me to preach. And I, it was a glory touch. I said, Lord, I can't. You have to do it. He grew me up. You see, what glory does, it puts out your light and illuminates his light. And as long as you're shining brighter than God's shining, you're not being changed. But when your light starts to dim and his light starts to glow, glory. You, you, you understand it. And it's not. So yesterday, I'm, I'm watching the NFL game, the 330 kick, Pittsburgh was playing. And so I watch a ball game a little bit. I was kind of in and out and flipping over to the basketball. And, and then they got way ahead, and I didn't watch so much. And Pittsburgh was on their third quarterback. They're playing on the 23rd day of December, and this kid's last name is Rudolph. <laughs> I'm not making this up, all right? I'm telling you. His last name is Rudolph. Big, tall, good-looking kid. He got his helmet off. And after the game, they stuck that microphone. They always take somebody that looks like Miss America and put her down there on the sideline now. They put all the ugly men up in the booth, and they put Miss America down there on the sideline. And, and she's up here like, you know, well, what? Uh, tell us, how did you do this today? You're the backup to the backup, and what happened? And he said, well, before I can get to that, let me say I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hollered at my wife. I said, hey, come in here and listen to Rudolph. <laughs> I said, this red-nosed reindeer is talking Jesus on national television. He's giving him glory. He's giving him glory. And dear friend, if you won't give him glory where you work, I'm telling you, your light's too bright. You got to light his light rather than your light. And when your light gets dim, his light goes up. And while that old boy's talking, guess what they're playing on the loud system? Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. And I'm thinking, this is nuts. I flipped on Twitter later that night. Rudolph makes much of Jesus. I thought, now there's a Christmas story for you. Friend, our job at the church is not to make much of ourselves; It's to make much of Jesus. Amen. And when you have a glory touch, I'm telling you, you just died yourself and lived to him. Died yourself. And it's just glory, glory. And God brings you to those moments. And when you die to your own self and live to him, God gives power and he's then glorified in the church. 
The glory of God in Christ. The glory of God in His church. And then thirdly, the glory of God in conversion. In conversion. I've quoted this verse all of my life in Romans 3 and verse 3 and verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of what? The glory of God. You, you can't live up to the glory of God. That you're lost, you, you fall short of God's glory. You, you can't get to His glory. But 2 Thessalonians. Chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, look at this. But we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth. It was for this He called you through our gospel that you may gain the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, when you're lost, and some of you in here are lost, and if you die lost like you are, you're going to hell when you die. A man lost is going to hell when he dies because you live short of the glory of God. But when God stoops and reaches to save you, you don't save yourself. He reaches, and when he reaches and you're short of the glory, the God of glory reaches to where you are, and he saves you by his amazing grace, and you then glorify him. You see, glory in conversion. We fall short, but God stoops low. And when God stoops low, He lifts us up and He saves us. I have people, they'll say, well, you know, if God saved that old drunk, that'd be a big testament. Listen, the people farthest from God are the people living the best in our eyes. It's nothing for an addict and somebody falling But when you live what the world thinks is pretty good, you can just say, well, I don't know if I really need him or not. Oh, dear friend, you're so far from him. But he loves you, and he stoops, and he comes, and his glory touches your life. That's what happened, as Paul said in chapter 9 and verse number 3, that he saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun, that's what he said in chapter 26, verse 13. He gave his testimony three times in the book of Acts. And he said he saw this light from heaven in chapter 9. And in chapter 26, he said it was brighter than the sun. That's the glory of God. Paul, Saul's walking down the road, and the glory of God hit him. And he got gloriously saved. Reach over there and grab a hymnal. There's a blue book in front of you. It's called a hymnal. <laughs> oh, open it up to number 88. Would you? Just, just look at 88 for a moment. If you're on the Warrington campus, you've got hymnals down there too. Just, just find it, 88. Now look at the bottom of 88. Words by Charles Wesley and George Whitfield. Wesley and Whitfield, great, great preachers wrote this. Wesley and Whitfield. Mendelssohn put the, word, the music to the words. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory. Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing. What did they sing? 
to the newborn king. Now look at verse number 3, and this is what slayed me this week. I've been singing this all my life, and I just saw it. Hail the heaven-born prince of peace. Hail the son, S-U-N, of righteousness. Light and life to all he brings. Risen with healing in his wings. Now look at this next phrase. Mild he lays his glory by. I went straight to the minister of music. I said, what does this mean? And he gave me an answer. Mild he lays his glory by. What is that? When Jesus was born, fully man, fully God, he laid his glory by. He was no longer invisible like you can't see God. He, he laid some of that glory down and became flesh. Notice, mild he lays his glory by, and he was born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them a what? A second birth. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Wow. Wow, what, what a word that these two, these preachers wrote this. Amen. They couldn't sing a lick. They had to get Mendelssohn to write the, the music, but they had the words. Mild he laid his glory by. Mm. Jesus laid down his life for you, and when you trust him, he raises you up. So let's all stand together on our feet. We're not done yet. Don't head to the door. <laughs> We're getting close. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 17. I want us to read it out loud twice, back to back, together. Paul said to young Timothy, as he comes to the end of this chapter in chapter 1 and verse 17 and he said now you read it and I'm not going to say anything except the first word here we go now alright now read it like you mean it here we go now to the king All right, just the men, just the men. Here we go. All right, men. Well, them big, deep voices. Here we go. All right. All right, here we go. Just the men. Now to the king. Eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, the honor and glory forever All right, now just the beautiful voices. Ladies, here we go. Come on, ladies. Loud for me, would you? There's just one God, friends. He's eternal. He's not going anywhere. He's immortal. He's never dying. He's invisible. He's spirit. He's only God, and you're to give him honor, and you're to give him glory forever and ever. How do you give him glory? Well, listen to me. First of all, you give him glory with your praise. You need to use your lips. You need to give him glory. 
Glory to God. Something good happened. Glory to God. Amen. Praise. He said, you, you need to, let me tell you, the easiest thing you'll do is say something. You need to live a life of glory. Yes, sir. You need to have a life laid down for his glory. I, whatever I do, I do for his glory. Some of you enter ministry to his glory. You teach, you sing, you visit a hospital, you do it to the glory of God. It's the hardest Christmas ever I had. Mother can't even open her present. I put her hand in a paper and she, she doesn't know. those nurses come they love her and clean her feed her hmm. while they do that it's not for that big paycheck they get dear friend whatever you do you need to do it to the glory of God you driving a truck drive it for glory you counting money at the bank, count it for glory. You teaching school, teach those kids to the glory of God. If you're drawing house plans, draw them to the glory of God. Your, your life needs to reflect His glory. Your, your mouth, your ministry, your life, Raise your family to the glory of God. To the glory of God. I've been married 47 years. I went home. I'll never forget it. I told my daddy, I said, I'm going to ask Liz to marry me. He said, what do you think she'll say? I said, I believe she'll say yes. He said, you better go right now before she changes her mind. That's what you better do. I'm not lying. I ain't making that up. I ain't talking like a deacon. I'm telling you, that really happened, all right? <laughs> I went out behind that building, Sanford University, and will you marry me? And she said, well, you know I will. <laughs> we already talked about it. I reached out my pocket and got out a ring and slid on her finger. I said, it's, it's real. It's a diamond. It's, I said, I know you can't hardly see it, but it's in there. <laughs> that college salary wasn't just, you know, hopping. From that day to this, best I know, we, we hadn't, boy, we don't bat a thousand. Don't hear me say that. Lord, no. But we've tried to give our family to the glory of God. Say, Lord, we'll go anywhere, we'll do, we'll do anything, we'll give up anybody, give up anything, we'll be whatever you want us to be. God, if you just show us, we'll do it to your glory. And let me tell you, if you don't have your family on the altar of the glory of God, this ought to be the Christmas you get your family on the altar of the glory of God. You have to release your children, sometimes receive your children, 
Encourage your children. Raise your children. Your children's 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 children. Some of y'all got them coming back over and over. Generation after generation. And you raise them to the glory of God. My daddy, been dead five years, just coming February. First time he ever came to our house for Christmas. He walked out and he said, my Lord. He said, I never seen so much stuff in all my life. He said, well, when I was a little boy, if we got one little present and hoping it was some chocolate, it was a great day. I said, well, Daddy, God's been good to you, and he's been good to us. And you spoiled me. Now I'm spoiling mine. Big old tears come up in his eyes. He just say, glory to God. Glory to God. Friend, if you don't have your family on the altar today, you run to this altar. You give him praise with your lips. You live your life. You do your work. You give your family to the glory of God. Through him, in him, and unto him. Be doxa. Glory, glory, glory. We're going to sing a song. And I'm going to stand right here. I'm going to give you two verses. If you want to come today and trust Jesus, you ought to do it. Come today. Come. If you're here and you ought to join this church, say, preach up the old crowd in here. I say, yeah, come. We'll rejoice with you. We'll rejoice. Won't we, church? Amen. Yes, glory, we will. Come, put your membership right here. Join us today. Come for baptism. What a great day to do it. Christmas Eve, what a wonderful day to come to the Lord and be a part of his church and give him glory.